0: This is Fresh Ed, a weekly podcast that makes complex ideas in educational research easily understood. I'm your host, Will Brem. Today, global citizenship education. What is global citizenship education and how is it practiced around the world?
1: There are many typologies that define global citizenship education. The global citizenship education being so broad in terms of definition and in terms of how one can uh, become such a citizen is actually fits to many different sometimes conflicting agenda.
0: And what is the relationship between national citizenship and global citizenship? Are they even compatible?
1: There is no global governance and no global border. So once we looked at GCE as something that is not legal or strict, we can say that this would be the first very uh, prominent difference between those two.
0: My guest today is Miri Yemeni, an honorary visiting lecturer at the Institute of Education at University College London, and a lecturer in the School of Education at Tel Aviv University. She has recently published a new book entitled Internationalization and Global Citizenship in Education. Miri Yemeni? Welcome to FreshEd. Thank you for having me here. Could you tell me what exactly is global citizenship education? I
1: think that the main difficulty in conceptualization of global citizenship education is that it is usually defined by different stakeholders and those are aiming to implement it or to to investigate it in for different area of reasons. And I think that the definition of the implementation of of global citizenship education is usually kind of defined what global citizenship education will be about eventually. There are many typologies that define global citizenship education and I think that most of those typologies are looking at two or maybe three basic definitions of Of uh, GC, of Global Citizenship Education. So one would be relating to how an individual would refer to the larger society and to the ultimate other including uh, empathy, uh, environmental issues, human rights issues. Um, The second one would be more of uh, economic and you may say neoliberal in uh, na- nature, where G.C. would referred as some kind of quality or a skill that needed to succeed and survive in the 21st uh, century. And maybe the the, the last one uh, basic typology would look uh, very critically into the whole existing both research and policy of G.C and kind of define it as the westernized and uh, very much uh, in just uh, way and suggesting more post-colonial and and more critical definition of it where one should be defined or redefined uh, within the broader environment. I think that... Most of those critical stances related to the deep existing inequalities and North-South relations and the existing dominancy uh, in, in the world, but both, but also in education. And thus, the third path would be probably more advocated by scholars that actually try to, to, to kind of uh, comply with the, the area of existing uh, definitions. So how
0: is... Global citizenship education and these different conceptualizations that you just laid out. How are these different than national citizenship?
1: Well, I think that uh, one basic question to ask here before I can answer this is whether global citizenship education actually exists. As national citizenship is... um, legal and and normalized definition of one belonging to a specific nation with the responsibilities and acts that one can can perform and can act and, and can live within it. Well there is no global government and no global borders. So 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 once we looked at GCE as something that is not legal or strict, we can say that this would be the first very uh, prominent difference between those two. So between the legal and very narrow definition of national citizenship, where you have rules and every government basically defined who can be citizen and who can or who will be excluded or included in that definition. Global citizenship might be more of a voluntary uh, kind, where one would decide whether he or she belongs or, or reflect on that definition or not. An additional issue that might be taken into account here is that global citizenship is... a uh, more speak of in a Western world, including explicit Western assumptions on the, for example, geographical mobility of the individuals or on specific uh, resources and assets that one may need in order to participate in this global citizenship debate, while national citizens are usually um, born into specific situations where they belong or excluded or included within it.
0: Why would national governments incorporate global citizenship education into their national curricula?
1: Well, uh, this is a good question. And it seems that, first of all, uh, are they incorporating uh, global citizenship education? When we look at the specific uh, countries and studies that uh, try to to, to kind of uh, research global citizenship education in different countries, we can see that not many of them are um, pursuing global citizenship education. Those who do, they usually have different reasons for that. For example, some of the uh, places as uh, UK or uh, Canada, you can see that these might be under the extracurricular activities that specific uh, external bodies within the country governance uh, pursue in order to add specific agenda. Sometimes it will be related to diversity, human rights, cosmopolitanism. Uh, Another set of uh, rationales that national governments might uh, have relates to the competitive part of global citizenship. Um, Under those circumstances, those governments would pursue more of 21st century skills like uh, GC, they would look into how one future citizen would be more competitive, more um, globally oriented and global citizenship education being so uh, broad uh, in terms of definition and in terms of how one can uh, become such a citizen is actually fits to many different sometimes conflicting agenda and uh, can be kind of gathered under this broad uh, umbrella of global citizenship.
0: Could you give an example of that?
1: Well, we can see, for example, studies from uh, South Korea where global citizenship is used to enhance competitive stances of the future citizens. You can see similar values, maybe called more as global inclination or, or a global mindedness in China, in Singapore. On the other hand, for example, in US, global citizenship was, although not very well developed, but when it is appears, it would be more of how the American citizens would uh, save their superior, superiority in the world and how they would be more competitive. Uh, on the other hand in Canada global citizenship studies showed that this term would use used in order to increase multicultural and multinational stances of the students and the way to kind of create integration and, and, and solidarity among the Pacific nationals in case in this case of Canada. So it's really um, diverse and it can be implemented in different ways. That's why there, this this uh, implementation is so critical, uh, has so many critiques that that uh, encounter by, by by the researchers around the world. Uh, And since, um, as we said, no exact definition exists, or no agreed definition exists at least, we might think that each one of those stakeholders can be satisfied with how the global citizenship is pursued and and implemented in in their country.
0: What are some of these gaps between... The academic literature and these definitions of global citizenship education, and these diverse practices that have very different expected outcomes of global citizenship education. What sort of gaps do you see um, when you read the literature and analyze the, you know, the actual practices?
1: So one example of such a gap is um, that re- researchers seems to discuss global citizenship. As a more accepted and more normalized uh, state of of society of, of of curricula, but policymakers and especially teachers and educators within schools seem to have much more reservations about these notions and many studies especially in specific context of conflict or post-conflict societies they showed that despite the attempt of the government to um, increase global citizenship education the teachers tend to avoid this use of this particular term and of of the whole issue of global citizenship. Uh, Another gap involves the widespread call for more critical global citizenship education as expressed in, in theoretical research such as of uh, Vanessa Andriotti and uh, others, in contrast to the continued lack of, of sort of critical discussions within actual policy. Similarly, uh, GCE is often related to uh, peace education and uh, advocacy, active proactive advocacy, and what I saw from, from my analysis of research is that in each region or in each country, if you want, uh, it adapted to fit local needs um, and not some kind of ultimate global goal, thus pushing aside most of the issues concerning any sort of, of uh, cosmopolitan ethics, uh, if you wish.
0: Right. So it sounds like global citizenship education is, is a term that can have so many different meanings and so many different practices that it ultimately will. It depends on the local context and how it's going to be appropriated and used. Right. Could you talk a little bit more about this idea of cr- the critical stance um, about global citizenship education? So you said it's it appears in the literature quite heavily, but. Does it actually exist in practice? Are there places that are teaching a more critical stance of global citizenship education and questioning the Western notions that are tied up inside global citizenship education?
1: I would say that most of the programs and most of the studies regarding those programs that I encountered... um, weren't very critical, nor in their theoretical standing, neither in the implementation of the studies. I would guess that the dominant pathway to teach global citizenship education is rather not critical. But nevertheless, perhaps individual teachers and individual educators again maybe more in higher education sector um, do engage with those critical stances and again being critical is, is a nice thing but I think that ultimate global citizenship education would require standing not only taking some kind of critical standing point but also Actually, being active and proactive within this sphere. So, for example, you can find a lot of studies addressing, uh, assessing actually different study abroad or volunteering programs where uh, students are encouraged to uh, volunteer usually north. Um, atmosphere students walk, going to um, low-income countries where they can kind of use their do-goodery skills to, to enhance uh, them th- their own skills and their own uh, conditions on the workplace or in, in higher education um, and those kind of, of studies Really show how global citizenship can be used for do-goodery only and uh, and and not being really transformative act that will change the the existing uh, uh, hegemonic uh, relationships between countries between individuals between uh, nations. Nevertheless, I see and I meet a lot of teachers and educators, especially in my research, on uh, in my field research in this area that individually and usually uh, as a voice opposition to the written curriculum mm-hmm. do uh, present very much critical stances and teach students those existing state of uh, art but also questioning it uh, permanently and providing a fresh and sometimes really highly contested political global citizenship education.
0: So for example, I mean, would this be something like going on a service trip abroad as part of your schooling experience uh, during, say, your spring break and you live in, say, America or Canada and you end up going to a country in Africa for a week and you are, you know, helping a local community build a school or maybe you're teaching some English classes you're saying that the the critical side of that would be to actually start un- trying to address some of these structural power relations that are inherent in that that you know the difference between the American or Canadian school and the school in Africa instead of just doing it and thinking you're doing this do gooder um, sort of aspect, and therefore I'm I'm becoming a global citizen.
1: Right. This, this uh, uh, issue of uh, volunteering in, in uh, low-income countries has been uh, criticized for a long time now, not even relating to global citizenship education. But if I would be um, teaching uh, those students, I would ask, for example, why in the first place? there are less resources in those countries. And I would go back to the colonial relations that have been existing for centuries between those countries. I would ask what will happen when this program will end and who will uh, invest additional resources in this new-built school and what kind of message those um, children in this school will receive about their autonomy, their uh, ability to change their own reality, about them being agents of of their own fate, um, instead of being just uh, receivers of of this uh, foreign aid, which can come from really novel motives, but nevertheless, eventually, in many cases, it would just hurt the local community and would decrease their own uh, uh, ability to solve their own problems, which which many times, by the way, caused by, by, by uh, those existing hegemonic relations in the first place.
0: So is global citizenship education, is, is it a global phenomenon in the sense that it's being incorporated into curricula around the world? Or is it predominantly happening in, maybe not just around the world, but also in terms of class? Like is it being incorporated into schools or in around the world that are, you know, the private privileged classes, or are these do we see this curricula being incorporated into all levels of schooling around the whole world?
1: Well there have been several studies that try to track the rise in the mentions on in the global citizenship education-related concepts, including diversity, human rights, cosmopolitanism. So, um, for example, Patricia Br- Brumbly showed that uh, there is a global rise all over the world in the mentions of GC-related context. Yet, studies of uh, individual countries and comparative studies in small number of countries demonstrated that the inclusion of GC in education policy and curricula is often framed in terms of uh, the particular benefit of the specific situation. So, for example, uh, in Northern Ireland, global citizenship is described as form of peace education. So, there would be all population kind of exposed to those concepts of promoting tolerance and offering framework dealing with diversity maybe. Canadian uh, uh, multiculturalism provides another example of this contextual factor where all the students would be exposed to, to GC into their curriculum. But I would say that it's not a matter maybe of formal curriculum where specific classes would be restricted to their attitude towards um, global citizenship education but it's more a matter of implementation and in um, our studies in Israel me and uh, Hila Goran, a student of mine, showed how teachers themselves perceive that different students would be more acceptable to this concept of global citizenship education. And it's not that uh, teachers in our study showed that global citizenship would be suitable only for the better off. They would claim that Global citizenship is much needed to all kinds of of schools and all kinds of pupils. But in the realm of schooling, we show that eventually the teachers and even the students themselves perceive global citizenship education as more of elite nature. And especially teachers um, perceive GC as being something that students of higher socioeconomical status would be more exposed to and more aligned with with its terms goals foci or desired outcomes in that case especially when you don't have the specific uh, curricula or specific policy better off students would get much more exposure to those terms eventually and their ability to be geographically mobile and to maybe um, own better language, better uh, English language for, for the sake of discussion skills, would posit them in a much better position in the workplace and in their future life. Having said that globalization at least until uh, recent uh, political phenomena was kind of spreading together with physical and virtual mobility.
0: So it makes me wonder if there's been any discussion or implementation of global citizenship education in schools or in areas that have seen large numbers of refugees, um, particularly in Europe, I'm, I'm guessing, but also... In, in the Middle East as well. I mean, it, is, it seems like the refugee crisis has, it was, it's was it been forced mobility in some senses, and it seems like global citizenship education could be used in some way, right, to, to address some of these issues. But if you're saying that it's been perceived uh, as benefiting only a certain class of people, it seems like there may be a disconnect uh, when it comes to refugee education.
1: Right, I think this is a good point to make as, This increased diversity in the reasons and the nature of of geographic mobility is probably the most interesting issue to examine. So if global citizenship can, uh, in theory, serve as alternative uh, citizenship mode that can uh, be much rather inclusive for different kinds of people, or or, um, in specific example of refugees, of um, uh, children of of different nationalities. And instead of being taught towards specific national citizenship, they in principle could be engaged under this broader concept of, of global citizenship education. I must say that except from the research of, Sarah Dryden-Peterson from Harvard, who is looking at global citizenship within uh, refugee education, There are no much research on that. And maybe since inclusion of refugees within schools is quite recent phenomenon on a large scale. And sometimes those refugees are being uh, incorporated within schools serving lower socio-economical brass and then maybe there global citizenship education would not be rising as a main value I would say that this issue needs more research and also it needs some experiments and attempt to implement but it seems rather promising concept to deal with the main uh, kind of uh, aim of schooling, which was traditionally to socialize the youth under the flag, the language and the values of specific nation. And now when the world is so much more mobile and some of those mobilities, are uh, forced due to war and different individual circumstances, global citizenship education might uh, enter this uh, arena and create a positive way to deal with those power relations uh, embedded with uh, within existing uh, schooling.
0: So before we go, I, I just want to ask, would you consider yourself a global citizen?
1: Well, I, I guess I would consider myself not connected to any of the countries that I was residing in. Um, uh, well, I, I, I was born in, in Russia and immigrated with my family to Israel and now I live in uh, London. I, I think that I'm, I find very m- much sense in global citizenship as an alternative model of uh, human identity. But I think that it's not enough done, and I'm among those people who probably could do more in order to make this model a viable alternative, maybe, for, for the human being to adhere to.
0: Well, Miri Yemeni, thanks so much for joining Fresh Ed. It was really great to talk today. Thank you. Miri Yemeni is an honorary visiting lecturer at the Institute of Education at the University of College London and a lecturer in the School of Education at Tel Aviv University. Her newest book is Internationalization and Global Citizenship in Education, which was published by Palgrave Macmillan earlier this year. Please note that opinions expressed on FreshEd are solely those of the host or the guest interviewed. If you've liked what you've heard today, please rate us on iTunes. It really does help. FreshEd is made possible through listener donations. Please consider becoming a member of Fresh Ed by visiting freshedpodcast.com/support. FreshEd's producers are Sherry Yang, Yuval Devere, and Hong Zung. Aggie Hu is FreshEd's social media coordinator, and original music for FreshEd was created by Digital Primate. Thanks for listening. I'm Will Brem, and I'll see you next week.